0: BYU loses out on Isaac Wilson, but not all is lost when it comes to the quarterback position for BYU in the 2024 recruiting class. A number of offers went out over the past week or so. We're talking about those and your questions on a Thursday. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen, today, first listen of the day. And thank you for, to all of you for being everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network on your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU. Today's episode brought to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, and we enter the promo code locked on college. They'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. All right, let's dive right in on today's show. News coming in late last night, or depending on when you listen to this, earlier this evening. They usually post these about midnight mountain time. But Isaac Wilson, of course, the younger brother of Zach Wilson, as well as younger brother of both BYU linebackers Josh and Micah Wilson, has committed to the University of Utah. Now, this is not surprising news to anybody who's really been kind of paying attention to the tea leaves out there when it comes to recruiting. Uh, All indications kind of pointed to him wanting to forge his own path with the University of Utah. Obviously, his dad, Mike, was a standout player for the Utes back in the 90s, a family that was dyed in the wool. Utah fans, his mother, Lisa, obviously, So I'm not all that surprised, frankly, that Isaac Wilson picked Utah. Now, he obviously will have to go out there and prove that he's capable of being the same type of caliber player that Zach was. And if he proves to be that, BYU will have missed out. Now, BYU, at the same time, I think that they have kind of indicated over the past week or so that they were already anticipating this move because they have offered a number of quarterbacks in the recent past. Some of them committed to other programs, some of them uh, guys that are still in high school school all they've kind of got across the board with regards to the 2024 recruiting class but the nice part is BYU has got a very very strong stable of quarterbacks already on campus and I think in the 24 class upcoming they will be able to find at least one maybe two guys if they really feel like they find them and fit them into that quarterback room so uh, yes is Isaac Wilson a recruiting loss? Is it gonna reflect badly on BYU on the recruiting trail? Potentially. And like I said, if he lives up to the expectations, he's a four-star prospect. He is he, by the way, he has got two more stars in the recruiting process than his brother Zach ever had. And Zach ended up being the number two overall pick in the NFL draft. Isaac has a ton going into Utah on his shoulders in terms of hype and expectation, and in many ways, him picking BYU might have uh, had him stepping into shoes that he couldn't possibly really fulfill expectations-wise. That's, I guess that's kind of the, the feeling I get with regards to what Isaac was facing in terms of the decision for his college program, but the part now is that he gets his chance to go up and prove what he can do and reestablish that family legacy at Utah. Meanwhile, like I said, BYU has turned their attention to other quarterbacks, and I, I actually Wrote this list down on uh, my on my phone here of the quarterback. It was hard enough to keep track of all of them uh, that BYU's offered recently. Now, uh, most recently, Isaac Wilson committing to Utah. Luke Moga, Luke Moga committing to Oregon takes off two of the guys BYU had in terms of offers and guys they would have liked to have apparently had in their program. But they've offered other guys like Maui Smith. Now, um, it's Maya Liowaki Smith but He goes by Maui Smith from California. He seems like a guy BYU has been in on for quite some time. He remains uh, on that list for BYU. We'll see what happens. I think he's a supremely talented player. Very interested to see how he does. EJ Kamenong uh, is from up there in the Washington area, if I recall correctly, uh, Pacific Northwest, is currently committed to the Washington Huskies. Curious that BYU would throw out that offer to a guy who is obviously committed to another program, but BYU apparently feels like they can uh, make some overtures to him and maybe make a a move on that. They've also brought... uh, They've also offered uh, Demar. I gotta get this right. Demaricus Davis. I think I got that right. Demaricus Davis, a guy that BYU, according to twenty four seven Sports, reported uh, they want him to come in on an official visit uh, in June and maybe see if they can sway him. We'll see what happens. A very interesting player. I watched his film. He screams uh, more of an athlete playing football, playing quarterback versus a quarterback who is an athlete. I know that sounds almost redundant in a way, but there is a difference there, and that's the one thing about that I think with uh, Davis, but he's an interesting player in his own right. Now, the two most recent offers for BYU are ones that I think BYU uh, fans have been looking forward to hearing about. One of them is Enoch Watson. Now, his older brother, Pearson Watson, committed to BYU as part of the 2023 class. It might have been the 2022 class. Pearson Watson, who's a linebacker, but Enoch Watson now is going to play for American Leadership Academy in Queen Creek, Arizona. If you know the name of that school, it's because Ty Detmer is the head coach and Max Hall is the offensive coordinator for ALA uh, Queen Creek. Uh, the interesting part will be how Enoch Watson develops under their tutelage. He played in a wing T offense at his previous high school, Kemanino up there in Flagstaff, Arizona. The BYU staff apparently really is bullish on his ability as a, as a passing quarterback, obviously, because coming from a wing tee offense, you're not just, if you know anything about the wing tee offense, it's all about running the football. That's what it's built to do. So you're not throwing the ball very often in that offense. So we'll see what happens with Enoch Watson. He seems like a guy that BYU is very, very high on. And then a guy that I have been intrigued by for some time and wondered how long it might take BYU to finally throw out an offer is a local kid. Now, he's going to be playing locally here this year, but he transferred in from Concord, Dallas. Sal out there in California by a kid by the name of Carson Suesue. Sue. Uh, he is going to play this year uh, for Granger High School up there in the Salt Lake area. He is a huge, huge quarterback. They list him at six foot five. I don't even know how much he weighs. He could probably weigh two hundred and fifty pounds and carry it quite well. He is that just. Ex- Expansive of a frame. It, it's, it's crazy. I've seen him in person. I'm like, wow, that is a big kid. He is a great, great athlete. Just first thing. The biggest thing will be how refined is his arm. That's kind of been the one bugaboo I've heard about people around him is how good it truly can he make uh, his ability to complete passes at a high level and we'll see what happens. But I guess running down that list of all those names if you followed along with me is the BYU is hot on the heels of a number of players out there in the 2024 recruiting class. Like I said, Isaac Wilson was a guy. BYU was in on from the earliest 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 days of his recruiting profile, going back to when Zach committed to BYU. I'm sure BYU pointed at Isaac and said, hey, want to be like your older brother? You'll have that opportunity if you develop. And BYU obviously stayed in the hunt until the bitter end. But ultimately, Isaac has picked Utah. But don't think for a second that BYU is going to be like, oh, man, we lost out on that guy. and be down on, down in the dumps about it. They're going to obviously have to pick up the pieces now and move forward. And I, like I said, the offers they have thrown out recently, uh, DeMarcus Davis, Enoch Watson, and Carson Sue Sue over the past week, to me, scream the BYU was kind of anticipating this and was making their next move in terms of the recruiting class. Be very interesting to see which of these players ultimately pick BYU and ultimately how things shake out in the recruiting uh, process for 2024. But I'm very intrigued to see how uh, the Cougars do with this because, like I said, the, the cupboard seems to be pretty stocked for BYU. If the players currently in the program live up to their billing, but the nice part is. They've uh, said it once and said it again. Aaron Roderick is always going to take at least one quarterback in every recruiting class. He understands that the transfer portal is here to stay, and it's obviously going to take an impact on programs, especially at the quarterback position. Guys want to play football, so he knows. i got to bring a guy in essentially every class with the thought that at least one or two of these guys uh, of every uh, class or two are going to ultimately opt to bolt the program at some point along the route. But it's, it's a crazy, crazy, inexact science, but at the same time, it's the life blood of every single program out there. And I think BYU knows what they're trying to do, and obviously they'll be uh, doing their best uh, to build out their recruiting class in short order. All right, coming up here in just a minute, it's your guys' time to shine. Uh, A little bit later on as well, we're going to talk about Ray Paulo. Uh, He officially signed with BYU yesterday, a tight end and defensive end out of the junior college ranks. Uh, What do I know about him? Well, frankly, not much, but we'll talk about what I do know coming up a little bit later on as well, along with your questions coming up in just a moment. Now, a word on our friends over at Bird Dog. Of course, they've been with us for the past week or so. The best part is they sent me a couple of pairs of shorts. I gotta tell you, my friends, they fit phenomenally. They're super comfortable, and the best part is they are versatile. I actually took these down on my vacation to St. George. I actually had a couple of you say, "Jake, you gotta send us some pictures that you model in these shorts." And I may have to do that at some point. I'll have my wife snap a picture or something like that. But what I loved about it is I took them out on the golf course one day, and they were absolutely awesome. They just—they just, they fit uh, so well. They breathe, and the best part is they—they—they they, they stretch. That's the best part. They have stretchy fabric. It makes everybody's life easier. You're not having to bend over and think, okay, are my pants possibly going to split? That's not anything that's going to happen with Bird Dog. So absolutely, I give them my seal of approval if that matters for anything for you guys. But the best part is you don't have to take my word for it. They've got multiple uh, people out there. Burt Kreischer, you know, the guy who's got that Machine movie coming out with... uh, Oh, who is it? Uh, he did that bit on his comedy routine. Now, the machine they made into a movie. It's going to mark Mark Hamill. Obviously, Luke Skywalker is going to be a part of that movie. Well, he wears them. He wears them wearing his bird dogs, goes for a swim, smokes a cigar, as they say, grills burgers, and chills in his family, all in the shorts he associates with summer bird dogs. So, if you want to take it from Burt Kreischer's opinion or take it from my the word of my mouth, uh, check it out, my friends. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college to get started today. Once again, once you enter that promo code locked on college, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every single order. Once again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on college to get started today. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen to the day. Thank you for being everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast. Now we're coming up on tomorrow's show. we going to talk a little bit more about what's going on and BYU's recruiting class for 2024. I'm going to get kind of, uh, give you a lay of the land of where things stand for the Cougars as they kind of look towards uh, the early signing period will be in December. Obviously National Signing Day in early February of 2024. How do things look for BYU as they enter the summer months uh, for recruiting and that type of stuff. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show as well as anything else else that breaks. Who knows? It feels like day by day. The transfer portal, signings, all kinds of stuff has really kept us stocked and uh, I'll just say this right off the top. You guys, we're on track right now to make May maybe the best month of the year uh, downloads and views wise on the Locked On Cougars podcast and folks, May typically is maybe the deadest month. Outside, June sometimes gets a little bit uh, slow but this May has been absolutely awesome it is rivaling some of our months in season I'm just saying you guys have responded in mass so thank you for your support on that front all right let's dive in uh, with some of these questions you guys have sent in it's been very interesting to uh, get uh, some interesting comments this week interesting questions I guess I should say we'll start off with this one uh, because uh, there are two questions with regards to the transfer portal that BYU fans have asked a number of you have asked similar type questions I'll give uh, credit to David Congo as as well as Claymore for both of these questions. We'll start off with David's. Harrison Taggart made an official visit to BYU last week. Do you have any updates on his recruitment? Now, I don't have necessarily anything groundbreaking, but what I understand with regards to Harrison Taggart is he's expected to make a decision relatively soon. But the more important thing is I really still remain very much in, um, I guess not favor, but I feel good about where things stand uh, for BYU with regards to Harrison Taggart. If he ultimately decides he's going to play football in the state of Utah – I think it'll be a BYU. I don't think Utah has much interest. Or just Maybe they just are simply maxed out at linebacker. I don't know the situation there, but it seems like if he's going to play in the Beehive State, Harrison Taggart will be a Cougar. Now, obviously there could be other influences outside the state, NIL and that type of stuff. We'll see what happens. Somebody told me that his family actually moved back east as well. I wonder how much of a pull that might have, but we'll see what happens. But I'm expecting a decision relatively soon from Harrison Taggart. Uh, next one, Claymore had this question. Has D Deion Smith officially signed. If not, do you have any insight on this? Now, BYU has not announced the signing of Deion Smith, the transfer running back from the University of Colorado. Don't let that necessarily frighten you, because BYU may be simply just getting the paperwork in order, uh, getting his transcripts, getting him enrolled in school, all that different stuff. Uh, it very well could be the case he still has to finish up some schoolwork at Colorado before he officially is able to leave uh, CU Boulder and enroll at BYU. So don't freak out that Deion Smith has not official sign a BYU? And I guess at the end of the day, at the same time, something may pop up during this process of getting him into school that ultimately decides that, hey, it's not going to work out in this circumstance. I sincerely hope, I'm wrong on that. I sincerely hope that he ends up uh, being a BYU Cougar because I see him as a guy who's a very nice complimentary piece at running back for BYU. But, Hey, we'll see what happens. But I, I, I'm i not worried about it at this point, I guess I should say. Uh, Claymore, like I said, there are three or four others of you who asked similar type questions to that. I think uh, Tuckman, our good friend Tuckinator, asked that. So uh, thank you for the question, but I'm not worried about it quite yet. I think it just may simply just be a matter of time before they make that official announcement. But at the same time, there's always that chance something pops up and it ultimately does not uh, come out. All right, next one here. Uh, let's see, Dallin Arnold. which teams do you think are overrated and underrated going into the Big 12 this year? And who is your pick for the conference championship? Uh, conference champion, excuse me. Uh, overrated teams. Jeez, that's a great question. Underrated teams. I'll give a nod to Texas Tech. I think Joey McGuire is doing some really nice things at Texas Tech. Another underrated squad who I think could be sneaky good year one in terms of the new programs coming in. Keep an eye on UCF, folks. They've got some players. John Reese Plumley as their quarterback is a phenomenal athlete. You, By the way, I mentioned earlier athletes playing quarterback and quarterbacks who are athletes. John Reese Plumley is an athlete athlete-playing quarterback to me. He played baseball this spring alongside spring ball for the Knights. Keep an eye on UCF. They could be very, very interesting if they are really all they're cracked up to be. They could be a surprise team uh, year one. In terms of overrated teams, I'm not sold on Oklahoma. Uh, I'm seeing some of the over-unders for them as high as nine wins for, uh, for Brent Venables and company out there in Norman. Maybe they're going to surprise me. I just don't see it. I-, I don't know necessarily that the quarterbacks they have, Dylan Gabriel, etc., are the answer. For the Sooners, but we'll see what happens. Uh, in terms of uh, a pick for the conference champion, I'm gonna, uh, I'm, I'm gonna be, the, I'm gonna be that guy. Texas is back, folks. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it seems like Texas has got all the pieces. Honestly, uh, Quinn Ewers is a phenomenal quarterback. I, I really think that kid is the truth. And if he truly is that good, uh, Texas could be on their way to winning the conference title for the first time since 2009 in their final season as a big 12 member. Now that would look kind of bad. I think of the big 12 to have an outgoing member of their conference win it. But, I I'm just, uh, that's kind of way I lean right now. I reserve the right to change my opinion over the summer. We'll talk about that as things get a little bit closer to media day in July and that type of stuff. Uh, but I I guess hopefully that lays out some answers for you there, Dallin. All right, next one, Nick Chadwick, not a BYU question, but I'm going to a Mariners game in July. I will bribe you with a Mariners hat for BYU dirt. You haven't shared with listeners. Do we have a deal? We can meet at Chubby's in Saratoga for the trade. (laughs) All right, Nick. Um, I will take you up on that. I don't necessarily know how much dirt you're looking for in exchange for that hat, but I am never going to say no to Mariners gear. And if you're going to be going to T-Mobile Park up there uh, in uh, July, I am jealous. Uh, Funny enough, I am a Seattle Mariners fan who has never seen the Seattle Mariners play in person. Uh, Actually, I've seen them in person. I saw them play in uh, Angel Stadium down there in Anaheim. I guess I should say I've never been to T-Mobile Ballpark up in Seattle. So uh, it's kind of a, a stain on my record as a sports fan, but hey. Nonetheless, uh, we can – let's discuss that, Nick. Hit me up in the DMs. We'll talk about that. All right, next one. Aggie Fan Dan, love the game-by-game countdown of the Independence era. You may not like the one we're going to talk about here in just a minute, uh, Aggie Fan Dan, because in your opinion – Excuse me. What is the most frustrating loss and the most exhilarating win of that era? The most frustrating loss to me is the loss to UMass at home in 2017. That game alone, I think it sold the fate of Ty Depp. I don't mean to laugh about it, but it was so laughably bad to lose to that program. It was, if, I'm, if I recall correctly, it was UMass's first ever road win as an FBS program, so the top level of college football. It was their first ever road win over an FBS opponent. That is some ignominy I don't want to be ever associated with if I'm, if I'm BYU. But nonetheless, they are associated with it. In terms of the most exhilarating one, hmm, it's a good question. I would say, I guess off the top of my head, I'm going to take the Wisconsin game in 2018. Remember going into that game, Wisconsin was ranked number three in the country, and BYU was like, we're going to see what we can do. And then they go out there and win that game in Camp Randall. What a crazy, crazy win. There have been some other ones, Tennessee along the way, USC at home. Uh, I can go back, but that Wisconsin win I literally, I don't think I've ever felt more down about BYU's chances in a game they actually pulled an upset in than that one. So maybe the most exhilarating is that is that Wisconsin win. All right, next one, Dallin Olsen can roll Royal be worn every game or a certain amount of games required that Navy be worn. I don't know the answer to this directly, Dallin, but I have some people I can talk to to, get the, to maybe get a, a, some more insight on that. My opinion is I'm Team Royal all the way. You guys should know that. I, I I know that the branding for this podcast uses a lot of the Navy element. That's just how it was built when it was originally built. I have le- levied and lobbied and asked and pleaded and begged the Lockdown Podcast Network to change it to Royal. Uh, so far, it has fallen on deaf ears, but I will continue the fight. We'll see what we can uh, to. See what we can do uh, to maybe change it to Team Royal because I am Team Royal all the way. It's what I grew up with uh, watching BYU in the 90s, most notably uh, as a guy who grew up watching that era of football. That Royal, and by, by the way, even some of the Navy and black accents along the, along the way, phenomenal. Phenomenal look. Uh, honestly, I love it. All right, Jordan Royal. Easton Baker committed on July 1. I just saw his offer from Oklahoma. Is he still considering BYU? Uh, the way I understand it, Jordan, is BYU is still very much in contact with Easton. Uh, he is a guy that was a BYU guy through and through, and he's obviously opened up his uh, his recruitment, and programs like Oklahoma are taking a look. Uh, uh, I just think that BYU is trying to evaluate exactly what they're doing on defense and if Easton fits into what they're doing. And I know that sounds almost dumb in a way because he's a phenomenal football player. There's no doubt about it. He's a human missile out there on the football field, for crying out loud. But I think BYU is trying to evaluate exactly what they have roster-wise, what they need, and that, that may end up with a guy like Easton Baker Recommitting to BYU down the road or it may ultimately decide that they part ways and he goes elsewhere. We'll see what happens. But I I understand that BYU is still very much in contact with Easton and he's going through all of his options at this time. Uh, Royal Blue Seguero, uh, excuse me, uh, Josh Glenn uh, pointed this out to me. Harris LeChance was cut by the Indianapolis Colts after signing that free agent deal with them shortly after after the NFL draft. He says, hopefully Harris gets picked up somewhere. Uh, I am going to agree with that. I would love to see Harris get a bigger opportunity uh, in the NFL. Oh, and we'll see what happens. it would be interesting to see what happens on that front. Um, and then this last one, Solani Kitaki at Update BYU Honor Code. Uh, update BYU HC, I'm assuming that stands for the Honor Code. But uh, he says this, I listen to every episode of Locked on Cougars and I'm a huge fan of your work. How does someone from Utah use FanDuel? Is it possible to bet on the over-under for BYU season? Now, uh, I am not going to advocate necessarily for you to uh, – Break the law, uh, that type of stuff, with regards to your uh, your gambling. Uh, but what I understand is, if you want to use Fanduel in the state of Utah, because state law does not allow that type of stuff to just happen within state lines, you have to use what they call a virtual private network, a virtual private network or a VPN, uh, to essentially tell your internet browser that you're outside the state when you really aren't. But uh, you didn't hear that here. Cool. All right. Uh, <laughs> just one of those things. Uh, we'll see what happens but it's as, that's the way you're going to have to use it if you do want to do something like that. That's the biggest thing is you have to obviously uh, use a VPN to uh, essentially make the computer think or the internet browser you're on think that you're outside the state where it's actually legalized to use FanDuel or other uh, gambling partners out there. And FanDuel obviously is sponsor with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Alright, a final couple of questions here on the show. Our good friend River Coug says this, what are your thoughts on Utah and the Big 12? I would love for the Holy War to be the annual, and I believe it would be, be a big media value for future conference TV negotiations. Has long live J. Catch and LOC. Well, thank you, River Coog. Uh, first off, I would advocate for Utah to be a member of the Big Twelve. I think it absolutely would bolster the Big Twelve to have Utah uh, joining the conference. But here's the thing: everything I hear/slash read about Utah is they are resistant to the idea of going to the Big Twelve, at least at the current time. Now, if, if the Pac-12 ship Truly does sink, and uh, we had Barry Trammell on my radio show uh, earlier today. I'm recording this on Wednesday night, and he said that three months ago I would have told you the Pac-12 sticking together. He says I've changed my mind, and I believe that uh, Pac-12 schools are p- going to jump uh, to the uh, Big 12 right now. That's what his opinion is at the current time. That could change in 24 to 48 hours, it feels like. But he feels like something's going on with regards to that. And if the ship does begin to sink and Utah is trying to find a landing spot, I think the Big 12 would be very natural for them. So I'd be an advocate for Utah to do that. But their hubris, their uh, resistance to even considering the notion, that actually may do uh, them in, in a way, uh, down the road. We'll see what happens. It's very interesting to look at that and consider that. But I would be an advocate for that to happen. All right, uh, one other note real quick actually two other questions I apologize these came in via email I've actually got to pull them up as I'm scrambling here to do it I had pulled alright first one Jake Cannon this came in last week so Jake what is the fate of BYU TV and the Big 12 will BYU TV still broadcast games or just do pre and post game shows the way I understand that Jake is that BYU TV is going to be folded into the ESPN Plus streaming package that a lot of the Big 12 Olympic sports will be BYU TV will still handle a lot of the production of those contests in Provo but they will not be branded as BYU BYU TV, they'll be uh, Big 12, whatever, on ESPN+, Plus, if that makes sense. So the, the talent you've come to know and love around BYU TV broadcast, I assume will still be on the call producing and uh, obviously distributing that type of stuff, but it just will not have the BYU TV branding. Is there an off chance that BYU TV gets some chances to do some of those contests under their own umbrella? Maybe so, but it sounds like it's more likely going to be folded in with the current uh, Big 12 media contract, and we'll see what happens here. Now, final one on this, uh, Chris Gregory says, says this. Hi, Jake. I noticed that there haven't been any new episodes of Locked On Big 12 lately. Do you know if they will be resuming shows soon? Thanks, Chris. Now, Chris, I think most of you out there know that my good friend and a confidant of mine, Josh Neighbors, here on the Locked On uh, Podcast Network, was let go by the network after uh, some after a situation popped up with Locked On Big 12. Uh, he has started a new podcast. It's called Neighbor, uh, the Neighborhood Watch. It's part of the uh, 365 Sports family out there in Waco, Texas. Uh, if you guys, I'm I, I'm probably breaking rules here by advocating for a podcast outside of the LOPN uh, family, but Josh. He is a great, great dude. He made a mistake, and if you want Big 12 updates, I'd check out his podcast. To answer your question more directly, Chris, I have no idea what's happening with Locked On Big 12. I have not been approached about doing it. I do not know if anybody has been approached at this point. I would assume they they are going through their options, speaking of the Locked On Podcast Network, to find a new host for that, but I do not know a timeline of when they might resume doing those podcasts, but in the meantime, like I said, I may be uh, getting my bosses to yell at me, but I'm going to stump. For my guy in Josh, and tell you to go check out that neighborhood watch. Uh, just check out, just search out neighborhood watch wherever you get your podcast or search out 365 Sports. You should be able to find it pretty quickly out there on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. All right. Uh, a lot of questions, and a big thank you to all of you. There's some great questions this week, honestly. Uh, if I missed any, I will uh, kind of go back through and make sure if I missed any, I'll answer them on tomorrow's show. We'll catch up. I Sometimes I uh, gloss over one or two along the way, and I'll make sure to, to do my best to catch up on those on tomorrow's Friday edition if I did miss any. But coming up here in just a minute, we'll flip over, talk about some other notes uh, for BYU sports, including BYU men's golf. They have a unique thing that happens when they play in the NCAA championships. Uh, They're going to play their own third round in the – Before the first round really begins, we'll talk about all that here in just a moment as today's Locked on Cougars episode continues. First, a word on our friends over at uh, uh, Perry Homes. Of course, Perry Homes has been with us for a few months now. And if you're looking for your first home or you're ready to upgrade to a dream home or anything in between, my friends, Perry Homes has got the house for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They have many communities, home designs, and price points to help meet your needs. They want to customize it to what you need as a consumer. That's the best part about this. they got beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, Utah counties along the Wasatch Front, multiple communities down in the southern part of the state in Washington County near St. George. Depending on where you want to live, they've got an option for you. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories to townhomes as well. They even have quick moving homes available if you're ready to make the move right away. And they're offering generous financing incentives right now through their preferred lender as well. So get started today by going to vi- uh, visiting, excuse me, PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's Perry perryhomesutah.com to learn more now. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day, my friends. Thank you for making it a part of your routine. If you have not done so already, please subscribe, rate, review, uh, like the show, share the show, put it on Cougar Board, put it on Facebook, uh, do whatever you do to help promote the show, share it with your family and friends, word of mouth. You guys are what makes this engine go. We just recently went over 3,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, It actually just happened this past weekend. So big ups to the 3,000 plus of you who subscribe on YouTube. We've got... uh, Thousands upon thousands on our regular podcast channels out there. uh, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google podcasts. I cannot thank you guys enough. It's awesome uh, to see this brand continuing to grow and grow. And just the, I guess the overall uh, Locked On Cougars community continuing to grow. That's the best part about it. So thank you for your support in that regard. Now, on to other notes before we go on today's show. BYU Men's Golf is going to open up playing the NCAA Championships today as the lone team who's actually playing. Now, the NCAA championships play uh, play the third round of the NCAA championships happens on Sunday. Well, BYU, by virtue of their no Sunday play rule, the NCAA is stipulated they play their third round, which is typically on Sunday. They play it on Thursday before the first round begins on Friday. That makes sense? Hopefully it does. So BYU will play their third round, which will count for their Sunday score uh, today. All the golfers will be playing by themselves, and then they will get back out there tomorrow for first and second round action. After the three rounds, it will be 72-hole uh, tournaments, so four rounds. Uh, BYU will hopefully be able to find their way in to the we'll call the knockout rounds. It's the match play uh, portion of the championships. This men's golf team for BYU is set up to make a run here, it feels like. And if they really play the way they can down there in Arizona, the Greyhawk Golf Club uh, down there in Scottsdale, uh, Arizona, they have a good chance of advancing, I think. But they got to play up to their potential. And we'll find out if they're capable of doing that. So best of luck to Bruce Brockbank, uh, Todd Miller, and the rest of the BYU men's golf program as they get started in the NCAA tournament tournament. Uh, Today, all right, excuse me, NCAA championships today. All right, final two notes on today's show is BYU football announced the signing of Ray Paulo. He is a six foot three, two hundred fifty five pound tight end from Allen Hancock College in the junior college ranks in California. That, that they're located in Santa Maria, California. Uh, he is a guy who comes to BYU with an interesting background because before he served a mission, he actually played uh, for Allen Hancock in twenty eighteen, but he played as a safety. Think about that. He was a safety in 2018. Then after his freshman season, he serves a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Alabama, returns in 2021 red shirts, and then plays this past season as both a tight end and a defensive end. That's an incredible career arc already. And we'll see if whatever what else he's able to accomplish at BYU. Uh, I'm guessing he's got two years of eligibility remaining. I don't know that for certain. Just I'm just doing that. He played freshman year, redshirted one year, and then uh, plays in 2022 uh, this past season. That screams to me he's got two years to play too, but we'll find out uh, ha- what happens. The one thing about this is during his freshman season he had 46 tackles. This past year he ended up having just over 300 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, f- excuse me, 26 receptions, 379 yards, and four touchdowns this past year. Also had nine tackles, a sack, and a tackle for loss on the defensive side of the football playing both ways for Allen Hancock very interested to see how he does with this because 6'3 not necessarily the tallest guy but at 255 pounds he's an absolute battering ram that's a big, big dude, and obviously he brings a needed depth to the tight end position. Uh, they've also got guys like Jackson Bowers coming into the program. Ethan Erickson's already there. Mason Wake's there. Mason Fakahua, etc. They've got bodies, but they needed maybe one more guy, and it appears that Ray Paulo is indeed that dude who's going to lead the way for BYU. Not lead the way, but he's going to come in and hopefully take some of the pressure off the tight end unit for BYU. You guys like Isaac Rex maybe take a rep or two away from them, and obviously that's uh, just quality depth for BYU as he comes in to the BYU football program. All right, final note before today's show, and Aggie fan Dan, uh, cover your ears. BYU finished out the 2016 season with a 28-10 win over the Utah State Aggies. Improved BYU's record to 8-4 on the season. We already talked earlier on about those four losses coming by a combined eight points. Crazy, crazy times how close BYU was to having one of those magical seasons in 2016 with Kalani Satake at the helm. But in this game, uh, Taysom Hill was not necessarily his sharpest passing the football. 10-21, 101 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Uh, he did ha- add 46 yards rushing. But then his, uh, what, last uh, season-ending injury for BYU came in this game. Remember, he dislocated that elbow late in the game against Utah State. Uh, BYU was up in that ga- uh, in the third, fourth quarter when this happened. I think they already had scored all the points they were going to score. It was 28-10. to 10. Tanner Mangum came in in relief. But unfortunate for Taysom Hill— that his career ended that way at BYU. We all know that his uh, pro career has flourished to a large degree despite all those injuries he suffered in his BYU career. But BYU gets the win over Utah State to finish out their season in style uh, on senior night down there in Provo. The other thing about this was it set BYU up to go uh, to a bowl game. And that's the interesting part we're going to talk about. BYU got a chance to face off with Tanner Mangum in the rain in the San Diego Poinsettia Bowl against the Wyoming Cowboys. And we'll talk about that uh That game tomorrow as we finish out the 2016 season and Kalani's first season at the helm of the BYU football program right here on this podcast. All right. Longer podcast today. Apologies for that. We try to keep them a little bit tighter. But nonetheless, a big thank you to all of you for your support of the podcast. Thank you to all of you who submitted your questions. If you have questions at any point throughout the week, send them in via social media or email. Lockedonbyu at gmail.com is the email address for the podcast. And a big thank you to all of you for making us your first listen today. And once again, thank you for being everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Until tomorrow, my friends, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars Podcast. See ya.